Please do be seated for our Bible readings. The first reading is taken from Joshua, chapter 3, beginning at verse 7, and it can be found on page 208 in the Old Testament section of the Church Bible. In this reading, we read of the story of the Israelites entering the Promised Land and of the memorial built to remind the Israelites of God's faithfulness to them. The Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that they may know that I will be with you as I was with Moses. You are the one who should command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the edge of the waters of Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Joshua then said to the Israelites, Draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. When the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rests in the water of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan flowing from above shall be cut off. They shall stand in a single heap. When the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, the priests bearing the ark of the covenant were in the front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest, So when those who bore the ark had come to the Jordan and the feasts of the priests bearing the ark were dipped in the edge of the water, the waters flowing from above stood still, rising up in a single heap far above Adam, the city that's beside Zarethian, while those flowing towards the Sea of Arabah, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over opposite Jericho. While all Israel were crossing over on dry land, the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood on dry land in the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation finished crossing over the Jordan. When the entire nation had finished crossing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Select twelve men from the people, one from each tribe, and command them. Take twelve stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood. Carry them over with you and lay them down in the place where you camp tonight. Then Joshua summoned the twelve men from the Israelites whom he had appointed, one from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder one for each of the tribes of the Israelites, so that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the Israelites a memorial forever. The Israelites did as Joshua commanded. They took up 12 stones out of the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, carried them over with them to the place where they camped, and laid them down there. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him 
as they had stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. The Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant to come up out of the Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priests, Come out, up out of the Jordan. When the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came up from the middle of the Jordan and the soles of the priests' feet touched dry ground, the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading is taken from Luke chapter 22, beginning at verse 14. It can be found on page 92 in the New Testament section of the Church Bible. In this reading, Jesus eats his last supper with the disciples. When the hour came, Jesus took his place at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you I will not eat until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves, for I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant of my blood. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Thank you, Rachel. Please be seated. And shall we pray together? So, Lord, may my mouth speak wisdom and the meditation of my heart bring understanding that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher this morning to awaken our hearts and expand our faith in you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as many of you know, George and I have recently returned from holidaying in America. We were there to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary and kind of get out of our system the fact that Harvey had gone off to university. So we were kind of left all alone. And we'd planned this trip for well over a year. It kind of became this epic adventure, if you like, this road trip of more than 2,000 miles through nine U.S. states. And along the way, what we would do is we would kind of pick up little, like, kind of like souvenirs. Mementos, we might say, to remind us of the places we'd been, maybe some people that we'd met, maybe an attraction that we'd visited or an event we'd attended. George, when she would collect something, would always collect the same sort of thing. A fridge magnet. Me? I was a bit different. So when we were in Memphis... What we did was I I took George to a basketball game. 
And it was a really great basketball game. It, there was only one point in it at the end. And so what I did to remind me of this great occasion is, is I decided to buy a T-shirt of the, the team that I was supporting, the, the Memphis Grizzlies. So that was what I did on the first occasion. But what I also have as I go through the rectory is I have another reminder of that event, a bottle of Hendrix. Because I was thrilled to go to the basketball game, but George perhaps needed a bit of persuading. So the only way I could persuade her was if she got a bottle of Hendrix to go with it. And then what we did was when we were in Washington, I decided, wouldn't it be a great idea to go to an ice hockey game? Anyone been to an ice hockey game? Great occasion. But, and so it was a great game. 6-4 to the Washington Capitals. So I bought another T-shirt of the occasion. But when I go in the bedroom, I have another reminder of that game. That bottle of perfume that the game also cost me for George. Because if she was thrilled about the basketball game, the ice hockey game maybe needed a little bit more persuading. And then what we would do on other occasions is we might visit a church or we might visit a, a museum. And so what I would do is I'd pick up other little things to, to remind me. I mean, we went to one church, they gave us a mug. Isn't that quite impressive? Or, or we went to one museum and I just couldn't resist buying this book. And so I bought this book as a little reminder. And of course, I've got my great new tea flask that will keep my tea scalding warm for three and a half hours at least on a Sunday morning. And so I have all these little mementos, if you like, little souvenirs to remind me. And then I've got another souvenir of that occasion, a different type of reminder of what happened, this kind of scar that's developing on my left cheek that is a different reminder of what happened on our journey. And in our Bible reading this morning, what we read of is we read of this, at the end, if you like, of this epic adventure that the Israelites had been on as they've journeyed from slavery in Egypt to freedom in the promised land. And they too, along the way, have kind of picked up souvenirs. They've kind of picked up mementos where they've kind of remembered God's goodness and his faithfulness and his love. Where they've obeyed him and where they've trusted him. But also they've picked up a few scars along the way as well. When perhaps they didn't trust God. When they didn't obey him. When they forgot his goodness and his faithfulness and his love towards them. And so this morning in the story, we reach right at the very end almost of the story. They're on the verge of entering the promised land. The only problem is they can see it, but they can also see this river between them getting there. This deep and bulging river that had kind of flooded its banks. And so the people of God are looking and they can see the promised land just there. And they're wondering how we're going to get across. And so Joshua, now the leader of the Israelites, says to them to go and pray. And he goes and talks to God and God starts to talk to him to show him how they will enter the promised land. And God says these words to Joshua, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. In other words, what God is saying to Joshua is just, if you can imagine, near that beginning of that journey. And the Israelites were fleeing Pharaoh and his army and they came to the Red Sea. And God did what only God could do and he miraculously parted the waters of the Red Sea so they could cross. Now God is saying, just as I did for Moses, now I will do with you at the River Jordan. And so... He then starts to say to Joshua how it's going to happen. And Joshua then tells the people how it's going to happen. And he says it begins with the priests. And the priests, if you like, are to pick up the Ark of the Covenant. If you don't know what the Ark of the Covenant is, it's the equivalent of the, if you like, the Jewish crown jewels. And they're to take the Ark of the Covenant and they're to carry it to the edge of the waters. And Joshua says the moment, if you like, the priest's souls hit the water... God will do what only God can do. And the waters of the Jordan River will part. And then what those priests are to do are they're to carry the Ark of the Covenant right into the middle of the riverbed, which they do. And then after that, what's to happen is the priests, as they're standing in the middle of the riverbed, all the other Israelites are to cross it says in the text that when some of the Israelites came to the edge of the water, they kind of crossed the river in haste. I wonder what you might have done in that situation. Would God have kept those waters parted for you? When all the Israelites had crossed over, God then chose 12 men. One from each of the twelve tribes of Jacob. And he says to them to go where the priests are standing. And they're to pick up, if you like, a stone, a rock. It must have been quite a largish rock, mustn't it? Because they had to carry it on their shoulder. And they're to take this large rock to the place where they're going to camp that night in the promised land. So they go and pick up these twelve stones. And then when they've reached the promised land again, God says to the priests that now what they're to do is they're to move over to the promised land themselves. And the moment that they leave the riverbed with the Ark of the Covenant, as they kind of touch almost like figuratively where dry land would have been, the waters come back together. That night, as they're all in camp, Joshua starts to take these 12 stones. And he starts to make a memorial to them. So that, he says, so that in future times, when people ask and they see by this river these 12 piles of stones and they're not quite sure what they mean, they'll be able to say, this was the time when we trusted God. This was the time when we obeyed God. This was the time when we saw God's goodness and his faithfulness and his love towards us. And there's this pile of stones as a reminder. And you're to tell when, when children ask, maybe in three generations' time, what's that pile of stones there for? You'll be able to recount the events of that day. The word used for memorial, or the word used for remember in the Old Testament, is exactly the same word. It's the word zakar. It means to remember with 
purpose. It doesn't just mean to remember with our heads or to call to mind occasionally. It means to employ or to use our whole bodies, whether our hands, whether our mouth, whether our feet, to use whatever we can to remember with purpose. It's a really, really important word. Remember. Remember God's goodness and his faithfulness and his love towards you. Remember to obey him and to trust him in your life. And it carries that meaning as well. That what was real once before can become real once again. You know what I mean? Sometimes you might have gone through a particular stage in your life. And there might be sometimes a particular song that means something to you as you've gone through that journey. And maybe you haven't heard that song for a long time. And then you could be halfway around the world in a completely different context, and that song comes back to you. And what was real once before becomes real once again. That's what it means to remember in, with this particular word. It means to remember with purpose. In other words, remember, remember. This is really important. Don't forget this. Sometimes that word remember is used in the context of God. Like, God remembered. God remembered. What does it mean in the Bible when it says God remembered? Did it mean that God had forgotten? When it says God remembered in the Bible, it means that God was about to act. Remember way, way back when the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt. We read how God heard the Israelites groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, God was about to act towards them. On other occasions, though, that word remembered is used in the context of the Israelites to remember God, remember his goodness, his faithfulness, his love towards them, to remember to trust and obey him. Why were God and Joshua so keen to build this memorial? Did the Israelites have this capacity to forget God? Don't you remember in the story how so often they just forgot the God who gave them birth? The word zakar, to remember. To remember with purpose. To not be absent-minded. That what was real once before can become real once again. But that word zakar, remember, is also used on one other occasion in the Exodus story. I wonder if anyone might remember where that was. It was right at the start of the journey. Right at the start of the journey when the Israelites, God said to them to have a meal. On the night before they were to leave and they were to have this Passover meal that would become a reminder in future years on that day of how God delivered them from slavery in Egypt. And God says to them that this meal is to act, uh, to be a reminder, an act of remembrance. 
If you like the Passover, the Jew, biggest Jewish festival is a festival of remembrance where every year on the same day, they remember those events. Remember, remember, never forget this. This is something really important. And now roll forward more than 10,000 years. It's Passover time once more. And now Jesus is with the disciples in the upper room. And they've shared a meal, the Passover meal. And then Jesus takes a loaf of bread. And he gives thanks for this bread. And he broke it. And he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup. In other words, what Jesus was doing was kind of rewriting, reimagining the whole Passover story. Not in the context of how the Israelites had been saved from slavery in Egypt, but how Jesus was going to save them by dying on the cross and being raised back to life from the slavery of sin. And it kind of blew their minds. Remember, remember, don't forget this. This is important. And so as we close, let me leave you with, with three thoughts. The first is this. Where might we be forgetting God's goodness and his faithfulness and his love towards us in our lives? You know, God isn't just good and faithful and loving towards us 50% of the times or 75% of the times or 99% of the times. God is always faithful and loving and good towards us. Yet sometimes when we go through difficult times or unsure times, there can be this disconnect between what our head might be thinking and what our heart is feeling. So as we take communion this morning, where might God be saying to us, where might he want to be reminding us of his goodness and his faithfulness and his love towards us? Or secondly, where might we be forgetting to obey God or trust in him in our lives? You see, it's very easy to live our lives. Our world teaches us to kind of be self-reliant. And it's very easy even to come to church to believe the word, but then to live in our lives as if we're functional atheists. Living as if God is absent in our lives. So as we take communion this morning, where might God be wanting to say to you? Where have you forgotten to trust me? Where have you forgotten to obey me? And then thirdly, maybe as you take communion, you might want to be thinking, as you go past this pile of rocks, where are, where are your spiritual souvenirs? Where are your mementos? Where are your reminders that remind you when perhaps difficult times come along or hard times come along? This was the time when I can remember God's goodness and God's faithfulness and his love towards me. Because what was real once before becomes real once again. And the God who was present at that original Passover and the God who was present at this pile of rocks. And the God who was present in the upper room is the same God who was present with you in your reminders and it becomes real once again. Remember, remember. Never forget this day. It's really important. The 6th of November. 
Shall we pray? So gracious God, as we take communion this morning, maybe you might be watching this later on home and you might just want to get a piece of bread and maybe some juice or some wine and you, we just take communion this morning. What would you, would you come and remind us of something so special of you, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.